Hi guys, welcome back to Women for Women Wednesday on My Opinion. I am excited to be back and today I have a really interesting guest. Her name is Sam Mew. Hi Sam, welcome to the show. Hi Maya, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I am so excited to have you. You are a really unique guest. I have not had someone in the culinary world on Women for Women Wednesday yet, so that's really exciting. And I, as I was sharing with you when we connected that, you know, my husband is a chef, so I'm really passionate about this world. Not, I can't cook anything or do anything in that world, Sam, but um, it is a big part of my life. So I'm so excited to get into this with you today. Um, so I want to start, Sam, with kind of your journey and I mean there's so much to talk about with you but you know how you started on this culinary journey yeah um this is I always say like everything that I start everything that has happened to me now all started back in my childhood for example when I was a kid I mean I always joke that I came out of my mother's room at nine pounds three fourth ounces I ate six meals a day I was a born foodie you know and <laughs> Um, I just continue that journey because, you know, I even also being so I'm Chinese, but I'm specifically Cantonese and everything was centered around food. Um, so I always had that as like a background. And then later on as a kid, I was a different type of learner. And I think in school, a lot of my teachers didn't understand like like they just thought I was being defiant or I wasn't focused or whatever. And I was at times try like teachers actually try to pull me back from a grade. And that's when I really felt really like low my self-esteem. And that's when I really dived into like, like being in the kitchen. And um, that was my one love that I never um, could. Like I, I did so many things when I was a kid, but I never quit on cooking. And especially even when I was younger, I sucked at cooking. Like for a few years, I didn't make anything edible, but it was just my love. And until even till now, like this is the one thing that's been constant in my life. What not that inspirational to people out there that are like, I love doing something, but I'm not that good at it. I mean, no one starts off being awesome at anything really, right? So you've got to be consistent. And if you love something, practice, right? And continue doing it. So I love that you said that you weren't making anything edible. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> and when I made something edible, it was a, like a cake mix. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> we all start from somewhere, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I absolutely love that. And I also uh, understand what you're talking about um, culturally with everything kind of being around food. I'm uh, both my parents are European. So growing up that way, um, you know, I, I just feel like here in the U.S. it's a little bit different. You know, I, th I think that culture is starting to happen where we, we do have things based around food a little bit more. But I understand uh, from your your culture, too. Uh, every, we grew up that way, too. Everything was based around our food and connecting that way. And so that really does shape you. I understand that completely. That's awesome. I love the connection there. Yeah, that's huge. So as you, so you went through school and you, they wanted to hold you back. I relate to that too. That's so wild um, because I just didn't fit into the pegs they wanted me to fit into. So I get that. And so you, did you go off to college, culinary school? What ended up happening there? What was the evolution? 
Yeah. So because like in like, I would say like middle school and elementary, like towards my end of elementary school, I, I didn't do so well at school. I was very defiant. Um, and I think at a straw at a young age, I had the strong urge to be an adult. Like I wanted to be an adult. Like, I know this is going to be kind of off a tangent, but to just give you like some insight, I was this kid who would wear, like I would watch music videos and be like, wow, that's so cool. Wearing crop tops and high heels. (laughs) I was, you know, 10 years old looking like a girl from a music video. Like, I just didn't know what growing up meant. And so a lot of the things that shaped me was what I watched on TV. Mm-hmm. And so um, in my high school, all I cared was like, you know, having a good time, going to parties and enjoying myself. And I really think it did. And in some ways, it helped my confidence. Um, and then um, because I was so enthralled in that world, I never applied for college and I ended up at community college for one semester and I was like, this is no, I'm, this is not for me. And then I enrolled in culinary school and that was where like, it kind of changed my trajectory. And it was this thing that I knew that like I would enjoy so much, but I had no idea where I was going to go. And it's funny because even though I didn't know where I was going, when I submitted a mission letter, I had these like bold claims, like I'm gonna revolutionize cafeteria food one day. And I said, I'm gonna be on Food Network one day. And I said all those different things, not even know, like not even uh, like not even being like, I'm totally not in that place to be saying this stuff. But in that moment, I believed it. And so it's just funny how things work. It is funny how things work. So how, because you were owning it. And I love what you said about how, you know, you felt like through the way that you lived your life in, you know, middle school, high school gave you confidence because clearly it did. <laughs> you went in there and you were like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to kill it. I'm going to be on TV. And I mean, a lot of this happened, Sam. So like, let's move forward. So culinary school wasn't for you either. You decided to move on, right? It was fun, but you moved on. Right. And so what happens after culinary school for you? Yeah, it's so funny. Um, so after culinary school, I did it for a year and I was like, you know what? This is giving me, I realized I'm a different type of learner. Just like you said, you, you mm-hmm. get the pegs in. It just, it just like dawned on me. It's like, you know what? Nobody just acknowledged that I was a hands-on learner that like I had to engage with things. I learned how to better study habits. I learned so much and I became like a star student um, within my peers. And so I use that same like um, because once I learned what kind of learner I was, I was like, I'm going to go back to community college. And then what happened was I went to community college, ended up getting my bachelor's and then getting a master's in Asia. So I lived abroad for one year in Shanghai, China, while researching, getting my thesis together. And all, and, and it's funny because my thesis was, again, about food. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and then I did that. And then I when I came home, got my, the- um, got my grad degree. I had the segue to go to senior care, but again, I had this affinity for seniors and I thought maybe I should do something like to give back. Um, And then when I did that, I ended up doing the food stuff all the time. I was like the restaurant manager or I was doing, you know, I was doing the marketing and then I ended up segueing always in the kitchen. So, um, so it's just like a bunch of different things. And at one point I realized like, you know what, I just been fighting this I've always knew that I was not going to take a conventional path right but I would push myself to do these like jobs that you know I think I should like there's like one or two things I'm interested in but not fully right and so that's what ultimately led me to like figure out like I want to write a cookbook and 
Um, I want to do all these different things. And I just started just putting into practice for a few years where like, even though like I never said it out loud because I know like people would be like, oh yeah, that's kind of cool. Um, I, you know, good luck, do your cookbook or good luck and do these things, you know? And so I just been working silently for like a year, like probably like two and a half years on these type of things. And then I just started seeing this like starting to come like to fruitation, whether it's like my cookbook or being able to have like a TV opportunity. Um, so yeah, that's kind of so cool. awesome. Yeah, that's so awesome. I'm so excited for you. And, you know, what one thing I love that you said was, you know, you know, you can tell people like, I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. And they're like, yeah, okay, whatever. And then you always have those cheerleaders, right? That like love you and know you can do it and believe in you. But I love that you kept it quiet and you just worked on it because I'm a huge believer in that. And there's things that I've done, even this podcast that we're on right now, I was quiet about it. You know, I didn't say anything. And then it just kind of came out of nowhere. <laughs> so, you know, I think when we're really working on things that we're, that are near and dear to our hearts, and this is something that kept pulling you back. I mean, no matter where you went in your life, I mean, back to, to college, to all these different, you know, jobs and, you know, you thought career paths, you were pulled back to food. Yeah, exactly. And and kudos to you because, um, you know, again, starting your podcast, all these different things like, you know, it, it takes vision and it takes, you know, it takes like this tenacious, like fire to keep going and to do it, knowing that like not everybody's going to understand it. So I hear you on that. Totally. And, you know, it's really hard when you don't uh, have someone cheering you on the entire time or you don't no one, they're like, why are you working so hard? And they have no clue what you're working on. <laughs> so I, you know, I, I get that. So you're working on this cookbook and it came out in August of 2020. Am I right? Yeah. During the pandemic. Yeah. During the pandemic, which actually I would think would be a great time, Sam. Was that a good time for the book to come out? Yeah, no, actually, it's so funny that I feel like everything was meant to be because I, I remember like all these, like, Yes, it was a great time for it to come out because I feel like a lot of people were actually like not having a lot of things to do. And I'm not yeah. saying, you know, and I think that brought a lot of, you know, a lot of people's attention because like, you know, I was doing all these like hosting events online. I was really leveraging Zoom and, you know, doing meetings and having events, you know, and I think, you know, I really think that the turnout was a lot better because it was during the pandemic and it was during the time where it was really a stay at home. Like right now, I feel like people are a little bit more lax now and people are, you know, out and about. But, you know, when I actually launched, it was like literally people were at home with not much to do, you know, um, mm -hmm. so I, I definitely think it did help me. Yeah. I mean, it was in the thick of it and people were looking to engage and looking for new things, but food played such a huge role. I mean, I can't even tell you how many people are like, I gained this amount, I gained this much weight because it's food, right? It brings us together. It's what we were talking about culturally. And I, I think we are seeing that cultural shift here in the U S which I'm, I'm happy about, but tell us a little bit about your, um, your, your book. It's the, called the melting pot, right? Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about it. What's in it? What, what, why should we buy it? Why should we? Yeah, let me know, tell us about it. <laughs> so basically, um, 
I like to, so with melting pot, it's really interesting. I'm pretty sure, Maya, I feel like you would already know this for some reason. I feel like we connect on this level, but do you know about chicken soup for the soul? Of course. Yes. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So chicken soup for the soul was something that I read as a kid because when I was younger, when I felt left out and I would read chicken soup for the soul about real human stories that had to overcome struggles and they always saw the light at the end of the tunnel. Right. So because of like what I had gone through, like what I had gone through, like this last decade of trying to find myself, I was like, oh, my goodness. Like I would love someone to read some like one, my Asian American experience, because I never felt like anybody understood me. I never felt neither fitted in here or there. And so I felt like it was really important for me to share those stories. And then on top of that, I really wanted to share like this, like this, um, I wanted it to be like a chicken soup for the soul, like where this, the the recipes follow the stories and not the stories follow the recipes. Because a lot of times you read books, cookbooks, mm-hmm. you like you're like, they'll write a little blurb for each thing. Whereas mine leads with the story. And then, I, and even we were very, um, kind of not, I don't want to use the word calculating, but strategic in which recipe goes with each story. It was never, I was never leading with the recipes ever. Like what books, what I, I made the stories in my mind. And then based on what the 11 stories that I wanted to share, those were the recipes I was going to match with it. Um, so that is kind of like the base, the kind of like the framework of melting pot. But the other flip side, I'm sure you want to know more about the food is that for me, for my entire life, I've always said that when I was a kid, I was I didn't have a lot of structure in my life. I did whatever I wanted to do whenever I pleased. And that translated in the kitchen. That's why I told you when I didn't make anything edible for three years, it's because I had this strong willingness to, I want to make something, I want to make something, and never really cooking something actually edible. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> school and I got checked really fast you know and <laughs> I had to follow structure and I'm sure your husband knows like he has his way of doing things he does his mise en place he's he's very like clear-headed when he comes to the kitchen so I had to learn all that but once I learned the structure I learned that to break it and when I broke it I started simplifying techniques and I started doing things where like you know this thing usually takes like 30 minutes how come I can't use a specific appliance or something like that use the same technique and change it up so I basically think now I like to say I'm like to empower millennials in the kitchen because we love our instapots we love our things that make something very easy and what I'm trying to do is actually like also on top of like you know giving people like recipes I want to give them ideas and into like I have a lot of recipes that I tell you here this is the structure if you want to go out and make it your own these are the ways to do it and it's this idea because western cooking is more um you know recipe based but eastern cooking we're very intuitive we cook with intuition and so I wanted to bring both by bridging the gap of eastern and western cooking so that's what you'll see um in melting pot that is so cool. Yes, you're you nailed it with exactly how my husband is. And so it's like he's got a whole, you know, the, I tell him all the time, I'm like, you're the most organized person in the kitchen, but we won't talk about anywhere else. But anyway, <laughs> he knows it. But yes, he's very regimented and all of that. So you nailed it. But what I love that you've done with this book, and I can't wait to read it, um, aka read it and then my husband make the things, um, <laughs> um, is that you're te- like it's the total opposite because as you can imagine, we have a million cookbooks in this house and it's all the same thing, right? I mean, they're all amazing chefs from around the world, but you're right. It's, it's got the recipe 
and ingredients, all of that good stuff. And then it's like, oh, this was inspired from, you know, when I was a child or when I, you know, was under this chef or, you know, I created this version or whatever the story behind it is. And that's beautiful and that's great. But this is so different, Sam. I love this, that it's actually like uh, you're telling a story, which I think is really great too with your target audience, because we, I just barely make the millennial (laughs) cut up, but millennials, like we're really into experiences and we really love stories. So I, you bringing up chicken soup for the soul, like I remember that as a young kid and, and reading that too, and connecting with those stories. And I think that was kind of the beginning of us wanting to connect and know that we're not alone. And now we're in this complete social media age that, you know, we never feel like we're alone. I don't think, but, uh, connecting that way, I think, I think is huge. I love that. I'd love that you came up with that. It's awesome. Thank you. So I, can, I absolutely think that, you know, your story about how you were claiming you were going to do all these amazing things, like being on TV, That was really cool. And I totally believe in the law of attraction. I'm sure you do too. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about your TV experience because that ended up happening. Yeah. And you know, it's really funny. It didn't, the first time I did it was actually in culinary school. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you, because we're talking about law of attraction, this is funny. Um, So I knew I wanted, like, I wanted to do some type of food thing, you know, or whatever it was. Like, I just knew I had this, like, I just knew I wanted to try it, right? Um, the, so the funny story, the first time I ever got a TV opportunity, and it was like the smallest little TV opportunity ever, was actually in culinary school. Because I had heard that there was like Food Network or Cooking Channel was at my school. There was like a bunch of producers behind this glass window of our kitchen. And I was like, ask my chef or ask, you know, the instructor. And I was like, hey, what's going on back there? She's like, oh, yeah, this week they're going to be filming something. I was like, okay, let me go clean the windows real quick. Grabbed the windows, went (laughs) ran to the other room on the other side. And then I was like, oh my gosh, hello, my name is Sam, and I'm so excited to be here, and I really want to be on the TV, blah, blah. And it's so funny because I look at it, and I'm like, how thirsty was I? But <laughs> Like, how thirsty was I? Like, how like how naive and cute that is also, you know, at the same time, it's like on the mm-hmm. side, because I didn't even think there was any boundaries at that point, you know? And I remember looking at the producer, like, he was so shocked. Like, his face was like, who are you? And why are you so, like, bubbly? And why, like, like, and he was just like, okay, well, uh, we do need, like, a few chefs to be in the background. So if you want to do that and, like, do the mise en place for that, I was like, oh, my gosh, yes, I'll be there. So that was my first thing. So I was on this food show called Chinese Food Made Easy, um, and it's was on the cooking channel. And then from there, um, I did – this show called Check Please, which is in K- it's on KQED, which is like reviewing restaurants. Because on while I was in Asia, I started um, I started blogging. I started blogging about food and food culture and stuff like that. So then um, that was like a great segue for like you know just me like reviewing restaurants, talking about it. And then most recently, the opportunity that I got was going on Food Network on Supermarket Stakeout. And I really want to share with you like really quick story about this because this is really funny. Um, a lot of people like are like asking me like how did I get this opportunity? And I want to tell you something, Maya. You're gonna be like, oh my gosh, this is so funny. You know how I got this opportunity? <laughs> how? Instagram. <laughs> no, I believe that. I believe that. I totally believe that. So, yeah, tell us about it. Tell us what happened. I totally believe that, though. 
Yeah, no, I just got reached out by Instagram, like a casting agency from Instagram. Yeah. And from, we had conversations and here I was. But the interesting part of it is that like, when I started, I there was like I was traveling. I was in Portugal when I like asked a friend like that I met at a hostel. And was like, hey, can you film this real quick? I was just talking about the food I was making. I was like making chicken skewers, and that was the beginning of me making content. That was like the first time I did it. I put it out there. I sounded like a frantic person and whatnot. And I was, but you know, everybody told me it was like you, you like there was a joy to what I was talking about. So mm -hmm. it started from like two and a half years ago, and then like from from that from that point forward, I started posting things about food and things like that and like making videos and learning how to make videos and i always told myself like you know what don't focus on the followers focus on being there's i don't know if you listen to oprah but oprah says something about like there was a time where she really wanted to be in um, a movie called i think it was purple or or a movie and she said that she knew she wanted to be on the cast and she knew that if she wanted to be on the cast she was gonna have to be seen like someone's gonna have to find her and that's exactly how i felt I was like you know what if i want to be like if i want to do these things one day i need to produce content or things that you know people can see the potential that i could do that so that's kind of like so for the two and a half years i've never focused on followers i just completely focused on like the content that i wanted to share with people and it's just so crazy because it does come full circle it really does. So, so many things you said are huge. So I, I teach a, a lot of different things. And, and one thing, obviously now I teach is podcasting and I, um, I teach building brands too, for women and leadership. And I always say that content is king. We say that a lot in the podcasting community, because the reality is, you know, you can sit there and I actually just did a post about this too, Sam, like we're so in sync, um, you know, people get really caught up on how many followers they have and what are they losing them? Are they gaining them? Are they this? Are they that? Well, I mean, obviously you want to be going into the positive because you know, that then your content is, you know, actually resonating with people. But if you, you're so caught up in that, your, your energy isn't going into the right place. So your energy was flowing into the right place because you're focusing on your content and delivering that because content is king. And when you're producing quality content that is genuine from you, you're going to attract the right people, which I mean, Food Network is great. So that's so fun. So when were you on, Sam? Um, yeah, so I was on, so I, it was this year. I mean, I mean, 2020. Yeah. This happened in 2020. Um, and it was so funny because like everything that I needed, like it was such a smooth process because like I had just done a cookbook. So everything they needed for me was just like me just sending things. My bio was already done. Like, everything I did, like it was so much, it was actually a very smooth process. And, um, yeah. And then I did in 2020 aired in 2021, beginning of 2021 and the rest was history. That's awesome. That's yeah. so exciting. Was it yeah. fun being on the show? It was so much fun. Fun. And you know what, I, I have to, I have to, you know, talk about this because I think for me, I didn't have anything at stake, if that makes sense, because I mean, for a long time, um, I've been marketing myself as a culinary blogger, a cookbook author, and I never really wanted to call myself a chef because as you know, you're, you know, people like your husband, they're in the kitchen all the time. Mm -hmm. They pay their dues, you know, and I wasn't really comfortable, even though I've worked in food establishment, worked in the back of the kitchen and things like that. I didn't feel like I had enough time in, like, I didn't feel like I earned the right of calling myself a chef. And I never really want to box myself into that as well, because I wanted to be expertise in this food industry, not necessarily um, a chef. So it was kind of hard for me because 
you know, when I was going in there, I was like, oh my gosh, like these are people with restaurants, people who've done other food um, shows and they've competed and won. You know, I was very like nervous. And so I think that, um, that I had to like the day before I went into film the actual, when we were filming, I told myself, it's like, hey, you know what? Like, why, like, don't, don't worry about it. Just do your best. Don't make an ass out of yourself on te national television. And it's all going to be good. <laughs> it, it's just funny. It's like, it, it sounds so funny. And you know what? And I and I was like, you know what? And I want to share my food journey somehow, some way through my food, whatever it is, whatever I'd say on camera, whatever. And so like, I ended up, which is crazy because, you know, I did my first, um, I did my first, so there's three rounds. The first round we did a meat lover, um, meat, meat lover challenge. I had no meat in my cart and I made this like meat, this like fake meat lover ramen. And it was well received by the judges. And I ended up making to the next round without any meat at all because crazy. Oh my God. Crazy, crazy. I ended up making it to the next round end up going to the next round to the final round and then you know not winning there but it was so in like at the end of the day i was riding back with the winner we were you know riding back to our hotel and i was just so happy for him and i was so happy for myself i was just like you know what and in my heart it was like you know what sam like you doubt yourself so much but literally you're here battling it out with these people and you're like, I not even in, I'm not even cooking constantly. And here I am able to like do this. And it just validated like everything that I've, you know, like the last 10 years, I was always questioning myself, am I doing the right thing? And why am I always doing these random gigs and doing all these different things? And in that moment, I was just like, you know what? Like, this is you, it feels right. And it was just, it was just the validation for myself, not necessarily for other people, but for myself, like all the stuff that, you know, people, you know, and especially being Asian American, like a lot of people would be like, what are you doing? Why are you like taking these random gigs, doing all these random things? Like nobody understood it. And so for me, it's like, I always understood it. And I was just hoping that one day I would have the opportunity to show other people like that. This wasn't like me being lazy or shit. You know, I was like, I really had some, some, you know, some aspirations in life. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I'm inspired, Sam, and I'm proud of you. And I think that's really awesome because I mean, you spoke it into existence, you know, and I think, I think some people too get really confused about like the law of attraction and like putting things out there, you know, it doesn't mean it's going to happen tomorrow, but mm -hmm there's, you have this feeling inside of you that like, this is what you were supposed to do. And I totally get you because I have that feeling within, with inside of myself. And it doesn't mean that there's not going to be days. And it sounds like you had a lot of them too, <laughs> that you're like, Oh my God, what am I doing this for? Is anybody even watching my content? Is anybody even listening to me? Like what's going on? You just have to like push those things away because you know what you're doing and there's no doubt in, in your mind and heart at the end of the day. And you got to push all those other things aside. And that experience was confirmation for you. And at the end of the day, that's really what mattered. And that's really huge. I love that. I love that summary. <laughs> that's exactly what I was trying to say. <laughs> that's why I love doing these interviews. So that's, that's so exciting. I can't wait to read your book. So I saw that we can buy it a, like a lot of places. You're not just on Amazon. Like, so tell us where we can buy your book. And then I want to ask you about another book too, but where can we buy uh, the melting pot? 
Yeah, absolutely. So um, you can actually purchase Melting Pot through Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Target. And actually, it's so crazy. Like, I was trying to look for a press release the other day of um, this book, another book project I'm on. And I was like looking and I found my book on all these different sites like Europe, Europe even um, I think there's the call like water, like there's like a big UK um, bookstore, like my book is available on their website as well. Like it's crazy, like how it's like all over these different platforms at, but mainly like, you know, Barnes and Noble, um, Amazon and Target. And there are a few local ones uh, that have signed copies. So if, if anybody wants that, feel free to reach out to me. I love to connect them as well. And if they want to reach out to you, are you most active on Instagram or your website? What's the best way to reach out to you, Sam? Instagram. Um, you know, I also have a blog online, but yeah, if you go through the Instagram, you can find all the other stuff in my bio. Great. And what's your Instagram handle? It's just the uh, Yes. At Sammy Eats. Perfect. And I'll include that in the show notes too. So before I let you go, I also want to bring up the book that connected us where we both know Tam. So shout out to Tam and you are a part of a really cool book that I think it launched this, this week, or was it last week? I don't know, but when people listen to this, it'll be out for a little while. But, uh, so tell us a little bit about the collaboration that you did. Yeah. So, um, we the the book is called Asian Women Who Boss Up, and it's a group of us women, want to say 17, 17 of us who have all these unique stories about how we forge our own path and are, you know, thriving in whatever we are doing. Um, and so you have people from the finance industries all the way to entertainment. Like we have women of all over the place. And the whole thing, um, our whole purpose behind it is just to amplify Asian American women. And for me, I really want to show the multifaceted like sides to all of us, you know, because I always knew watching the women in my life, how strong they were. And I always felt like we never got enough that credit and sh share those stories. And so that is what you can expect um, from Asian women who boss up. I know I'd like I'm connected with quite a few of you ladies and I actually had uh, an episode come out last week with one of you guys. So yeah, I'm excited for this book as well. So um, they can also get that. They can connect with you to get that book as well, or they can order that on Amazon too. Is that correct, Sam? Ebook is on Amazon and I actually have some books coming in uh, at some point. So yeah, right. feel free to me for those as well. Right. So I always say go straight through you guys because you'll sign it and send it to them. So that's awesome. Um, okay, Sam. Well, and I'll make sure to include your website and Instagram and all of that in the show notes. And thank you. I feel inspired. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure having you. Thank you so much, Maya. Really appreciate your time. Thank you. And thank you guys so much for listening to Women for Women Wednesday. We'll see you back here next week on My Opinion.